Hey everybody, thanks for joining me. I'm Becky Campos with Becoming a Critical Health Thinker. And you're listening to episode 40, an introduction to macronutrients for life. Well, I've made my way to macronutrients for life and uh, in my journey to reclaiming my health, nourishing my body on a daily basis was essential and I was in a position of weakness as I have mentioned throughout these podcasts I had no clue on how to nourish myself on a daily basis I certainly did not know how to reclaim my health through lifestyle medicine and a huge portion of that work happened to be in mastering the law of nutrition and so I was used to consuming foods for pleasure and convenience but not for nourishment and sustenance and so if I was going to reclaim my health according to everything that I was studying and all the pioneer resources I was using through lifestyle medicine I needed to settle some things did you know it I needed to settle some basic questions and thoughts about macro and micronutrients and their role in nourishing me back to health nutrition is the process by which food is converted to living tissue and macro and micronutrients are central for these conversions to take place in this podcast i want to introduce macronutrients and their role in the sustenance and nourishing of our human design define them categorize and organize them in such a way that we may profit from settling nutritional details that assist the body's self-healing self-cleansing and self-rejuvenating capabilities well first the word macronutrient is made up of two words macro which means large quantities or large amounts and nutrients a substance that promotes energy growth and sustenance in the human body macronutrients are found in large quantities in our food supply both in the animal and plant-based kingdom now here we have to ask the question why are they found in large amounts and quantities in our food supply because the human design needs large quantities of these particular nutrients for development and sustaining our existence unlike micronutrients which come in small quantities in our food supply because we need smaller amounts of these nutrients nevertheless we certainly need them well what are these macronutrients they are carbohydrates protein and fats and we've all heard about them cpfs for short Defining them will be of great help as we continue to make our way through the law of nutrition. I know it helped me a whole lot to settle some things about carbohydrates. And so not that I was doing a lot of thinking in those days beyond uh, before I was uh, given a grim diagnosis, but uh, I had heard the terms, right? But I paid no attention to them. And uh, as I made my way through the law of nutrition and I started to think more mindfully about the foods that I was consuming and my food supply and so forth, obviously I had to stop and think about carbohydrates. Well, carbohydrates are defined as, and this is just one of many uh, definitions, but um, here I like Webster's College Dictionary. 
It defines them as, quote, a class of compounds of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen important in foods as sugar and starch, unquote. And they are created by the intricate process of photosynthesis. And if we add the definition of photosynthesis to this carbohydrates definition, we have a good place to start. And so quote from dictionary.com, photosynthesis is the complex process by which carbon dioxide, water, and certain inorganic salts are converted into carbohydrates by green plants, algae, and some bacteria using energy from sunlight and chlorophyll. Unquote. Oh my, I love it. Through the stem of the plant, water and minerals are absorbed from the soil and they are transported through the stem to the leaves, their pores, their stomata that absorb carbon dioxide from the air, storing it in the chlorophyll, the green pigment in the leaves. And next, the sunlight interacts with the carbon dioxide and the compounds and water on the plant and produces carbohydrates, which guess what are sugars for life. This is the sugar kingdom, the carbohydrate kingdom. And carbohydrates are a natural result of photosynthesis, which creates sugars and fiber and starch and glucose found in large quantities in our food supply, specifically from the plant kingdom. Why? Because as we stated, the human body requires large amounts of macronutrients and therefore can be found in a variety of sources in our food supply. So plants, Grasses, fruits, vegetables, grains, beans, legumes, nuts, and seeds all contribute carbohydrates. And we can find the sugar kingdom in animal milks, in cow's milk, in yogurts, and cheeses, and uh, dairies, and milks through lactose, milk sugar. The animal consumes the vegetation, the vegetation is full of carbohydrates, and then it gets converted into milk sugar, which is lactose. While carbohydrates as sugars and starch are human's first energy source and provide us with calories, although protein and fat can be converted to energy, they are not the body's first source of energy, but are considered a secondary or third source of energy when carbohydrates are scarce. And carbohydrates can be made scarce in the human body when we skip a meal or two, or maybe fast, or maybe uh, during times of hardship when uh, generations of people uh, went through the depression or war or plague, famine, all sorts of suffering where individuals were forced to not um, forced to uh, not be able to eat for whatever reason then the carbohydrates get used and uh, the cells are fueled and if no other carbohydrate is being consumed then the body has a reserve system and it enters into that reserve system to assist itself with energy 
uh, and that would be your proteins and fats. So a good thing here to remember is that energy made through the consistent use of fat compounds called ketones, as is very popular over the last 10 years, is prone to raising acid levels in your blood, which is a harmful long-term effect. But in a short term or a season or an event, uh, or for a particular reason, then it would not be as harmful. And why is that? Because in general, fat cannot take the place of carbohydrates and carbohydrates cannot take the place of fat since they each play a different role in our nourishment. Fat has not been structured to contribute the four life-giving contributors I spoke of in episode 36, Cooked Foods for Life, part one, which were enzymes, antioxidants, fiber, and cleansing waters, or micronutrients, uh, such as vitamins and minerals uh, do in, with uh, when we consume car carbohydrates, uh, that support billions of actions and processes taking place in our human design every second. And so carbohydrates and fat work together to provide the body nourishment but the overconsumption of fat for energy um, uh, as an energy source can lead to an acidic uh, environment within the human body. But they do provide nourishment, uh, carbohydrates and fat do, in different ways. Therefore, carbohydrates are considered the leading source in contributing quick and ready energy for humans. Well, how do carbohydrates accomplish this? Carbohydrates are comprised of two classes of sugar molecules, simple and complex. Simple carbohydrates are made up of simple sugar molecules. And when I think of carbohydrates, I think of molecules. When these molecules link together, they form into long chain sugar molecules known as complex carbohydrates. Now there's a lot of talk about complex and simple carbohydrates and which to consume and which not to consume and hopefully we'll settle this here. But simple carbohydrates are easily turned into glucose and absorbed into the bloodstream because of their simple molecular structure. In fact, they are so simple that enzymes are not needed in their digestion. They make their way into the bloodstream fairly quickly. Complex carbohydrates, on the other hand, take longer to be digested and converted into glucose because they are longer, more complex chains of sugar molecules. When they are consumed, they are broken down in the digestive process slowly into molecules small enough to enter the bloodstream via the intestinal wall. While all carbohydrates, whether simple or uh, complex, are turned into glucose, a monosaccharide, which is the most basic unit of a carbohydrate. So simple sugars make their way through the intestine into the bloodstream through cellular transporters. And once they arrive in the bloodstream, then they are easily dissolved in the blood. And then the heart's uh, action transports, the pumping action transports uh, glucose to the rest of the cells. So 
Now, glucose, known as uh, blood sugar as well, are regulated and controlled by two hormones, glucagon and insulin secreted by the pancreas. And this is a magnificent process being accomplished every time we consume carbohydrates. First, the pancreas secretes the hormone insulin to escort the glucose to the cells. Apart from insulin, the cells will not receive the glucose. And so once the cells have sufficient glucose for energy, they stop receiving the glucose. And I like to think of this process like when I take my car to get uh, gas and to, and to fuel it up. You lift the handle, uh, and then you insert it into the gas tank and you press the start button to start fueling. And once the tank is full, the automatic valve in the fuel pump shuts off, so to speak. And um, you can hear it click off. And likewise, once your cells have been sufficiently fueled by glucose, their automatic valve in uh, our cells, so to speak, shuts off and stops receiving the glucose and resists the insulin's delivery of the glucose. And so therefore, we can think about insulin resistance. So the glucose is not getting into the cell. The cell does not want to receive more than it needs. It's harmful to it. And so um, the excess then has to be escorted somewhere. And so any excess is escorted to the liver by the insulin. So the insulin's job is to make sure that it gets either into the cell or into uh, to be stored as glycogen for later use in the liver. And some is sent to the muscles. Glycogen is molecularly similar to starch and is also known as liver starch or a polysaccharide and is a very good thing. This storage process is how glucose and sugars are kept out of the bloodstream. And the body stores only about 2000 calories or a day's worth of energy in glycogen in the liver and muscles. So the body cannot store, guess what, carbohydrates but it does store fat. And that is why these carbs are converted into glycogen and, uh, and sent into the liver and then into fat if it is not used in a timely manner. So everything must have a timely manner to it. And when it's not accomplished, then the body has to um, head in a different direction. And so, uh, the liver can only hold so much glycogen and then guess what? It sends the excess to be stored as triglycerides, um, as adipose tissue or fat throughout the body. Now, glucose is also known as blood sugar, and we have an estimate of a half a teaspoon to a teaspoon of sugar or four grams flowing in our bloodstream at any given time. When blood sugars are low, the pancreas sends the hormone glucagon to the liver, requesting it to convert what it has stored as glycogen back into glucose. Together, this sophisticated process rescues us from the dangers of high blood sugars roaming unattended in the bloodstream. But as with 
any of our internal systems. Its good condition, normal, efficient functions can be interrupted, creating a host of precursors for sickness and disease. So both the over and under consumption of carbohydrates interrupt the body's natural, well-ordered, well-structured and timely manner in which it safely utilizes them for fuel and appropriately reserves some for later use when, when carbohydrates are scarce. And so what happens when the reserves are not used in the form of sufficient exercise and movement? Because we have to use what we have uh, given the cells as energy. And so um, when we do not use it and we're not using the reserves, um, we continue and we continue to consume them, weight gain happens and all sorts of precursors to sickness and disease. So we can imagine that if we get our vehicles, our cars fueled up at the gas station and then we drive home but we don't go anywhere, can we fuel that car up uh, at all again we cannot because there's sufficient fuel in it and it hasn't been used and that might be a good thing for us to save on gas prices right now but uh, um, for the fueling of our body carbohydrates being overconsumed uh, can lead to gain gaining weights just simply because the cells are not going to receive more than they need and the rest is going to have to be stored and converted to fat. And then over a long period of time, uh, the effects, the ill effects of the overconsumption of carbohydrates and, and most likely the overconsumption of the uh, unhealthy carbohydrates, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, is um, the reason for the weight gain and the reason for all sorts of precursors and so uh, next then we want to categorize them and this will help us to consume these powerful macronutrients responsibly and pleasurably when we think of carbohydrates we want to think again of sugar molecules sugar comes to us from the family of saccharides which is the greek word for sugar Oh, I love sugar. These sugar molecules are expressed in simple and complex form. And there are four sugar molecules to keep in mind. Well, first, monosaccharides means one sugar molecule and are the simplest unit of carbohydrates, sugar, and uh, do not require any enzyme assistance, as we've mentioned, since they cannot be broken down any further. These sugar molecules naturally occur in our plant-based foods and dairy, and they are also, uh, they can also be extracted from plant-based sources and added to our foods such as bread. And so you, we'll talk more about uh, these sugars in Sugars for Life, the next podcast. They are also extracted intentionally and manufactured uh, to create man-made added sugars used to sweeten thousands of processed foods in a variety of ways. So uh, monosaccharides meets one sugar molecule and it is a simplest 
uh, carbohydrate unit. And so glucose, fructose, and galactose are all monosaccharides. Notice how they all end with the letters O-S-E. And this is an easy way to spot them on your food labels, which we'll do in uh, a couple of podcasts from now. Glucose is found in great quantities in the plant kingdom, as in fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, nuts, and some seeds. Glucose is everywhere, my friend, in the plant kingdom. And fructose is found in fruits, vegetables, honey, sugar cane, and sugar beets. And galactose is found in dairy sugars. And these are the sugars we spoke about in the animal kingdom. These sugar molecules are also known as simple sugars. Next, disaccharides, which means two sugar molecules linked together. Sucrose or table sugar is a disaccharide. It is formed when glucose and fructose are linked together. Um, It is made up of 50% glucose and 50% fructose and found in the plant kingdom. And sugar cane and sugar beets contribute the highest quantity of sucrose from the plant kingdom and are used to produce, guess what, table sugar and uh, in its many forms. And uh, notice that sucrose also ends with the letters O-S-E. And I can't wait till we get to Sugars for Life, the next podcast, as I share with you uh, my journey in exiting the unhealthy uh, sugars, all kinds of sugars, my friend, that I used to consume mindlessly and uh, that were interrupting my self-healing, self-cleansing, and self-rejuvenating capabilities and how I entered and uh, into the plant-based sweeteners that I consumed today and uh, consumed in those early days to reclaim my health. Well, maltose is also a disaccharide found in molasses used to ferment beer. Ultimately, simple sugars are combinations of monosaccharides or disaccharides like 50% fructose, 44% uh, glucose, 4% galactose, and 2% maltose are linked together to guess what? Make honey. Who does not love honey? And so we'll talk about honey in the next podcast. Simple sugars are found naturally in our plant kingdom and milk and cheese and they are also manufactured as added sugars and there's so much to say about added sugars and i'll save that again for the next podcast but uh, one of the things that i can say here is that added sugars were a huge part of my life. And uh, not until I came to this life-changing, life-saving information did I ever exit uh, adding sugars to my food supply. And uh, it wasn't enough that they that I was consuming them in processed foods, but then I was also sweetening just about everything. All my desserts had added sugars. All of my meals had some kind of sugar. Uh, and uh, there are so many sugars and added sugars that have been manufactured over the decades that uh, in my generation and in the last several generations, we have accumulated literally a 
mountain of these sugars into our food supply. So that will be extremely helpful. Next are the complex saccharides. Oligosaccharides means a few, three to nine sugar molecules linked together. Soybeans, garlic, onion, and wheat are oligosaccharides. They are found in grains, barley, wheat germs, spout flour, and pastas, Brussels sprouts, black kidney and navy beans, almonds and pistachios, and ripe bananas. And polysaccharides, meaning many sugar molecules, 10 or more linked together, which form our complex carbohydrates. They form starch, cellulose or fiber, and glycogen. Starch is a source of energy derived from our plant kingdom, and cellulose is fiber. Fiber gives structure to the plant kingdom, and although humans do not have any enzymes to break down and digest plant cellulose, but it is critical in assisting us in digestion, elimination, assimilation, and normalcy. And so cellulose is insoluble and does not dissolve in water and stays intact, assisting us in evacuating the content of our colon. Our greatest source of fiber, of course, are raw fruits and vegetables, grains, beans, and beans, and did I say beans, and legumes in their most natural state, structured to our being. The digestive system provides the enzyme amylase found in the saliva and in the stomach to break down these complex carbohydrates into glucose, the smaller molecule that can make its way into the bloodstream. And because they are complex, it's going to take it in a, a little bit longer, a lot longer when you consume um, beans and so forth, legumes, because all of this digestion has to take place and it does it one step at a time uh, through the digestive system and process and so therefore slowing down the glucose from arriving into the bloodstream. Both simple and complex carbohydrates are necessary for nourishing our human design. Our food supply is laden with sugars, starch, and fiber. But no worries, we have the sophisticated endocrine system providing hormones to assist the safe delivery of glucose to the cells and glycogen storage and reserves for later use. The digestive system beautifully providing amylase found in saliva and stomach for the breaking down of complex carbohydrates. And guess what? We have taste buds located on the surface of the tongue. Sweet, salty, sour, bitter, umami. These taste buds are tiny little like cups which contain receptor cells. Long projection of these cells stick out into the saliva so that they are always present, ready to detect food chemicals dissolved in the saliva, making it possible for us to enjoy the sweetness of the carbohydrate 
kingdom and all its glorious sugars while nourishing the body. These incredible facts on our human designs interactions with carbohydrates should remind us that, guess what? We are not sugar-free beings, nor low-carbohydrate beings, but rather we are created to consume them responsibly. They're available for us in so many varieties and sources for the nourishing of our body and the enjoyment that they provide. And ultimately, the carbohydrate and sugar kingdom is one more uh, self-revelation of the Creator and all His wisdom, His eternal power, and divine nature just coming forth. Look what He has made. Well, not only do carbohydrates provide us with ready energy, but when consumed from a sustainable bioavailable source, they contribute thousands of phytonutrients and micronutrients necessary for nourishing our human design. And one of my very favorite pioneer resources on the subject of all things carbohydrates is Dr. John McDougall, a graduate of Michigan State University's College of Human Medicine. He is one of the best in the a work of lifestyle medicine and a true pioneer. He is the author of 13 national bestseller uh, sellers, including one of the top vegan books on Amazon, The Starch Solution, and a clinical instructor for four medical schools in the United States. He is the recipient of a Lifetime Achievement Award from the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And he and his wife founded the McDougall Program, which centers on a diet of, guess what, 90% starchy plant foods, such as potatoes, beans, corn, rice, and includes whole grains and whole grain products, such as pastas, tortillas, and whole grain breads, and 10% wide assortment of vegetables and fruits. So Dr. McDougall's work pioneered and prepared an exodus of Americans uh, exiting uh, the standard American diet and lifestyle. His work spurred other medical doctors to consider lifestyle medicine as the primary work in assisting their patients in reclaiming their health. And I have followed him before following others became popular. Did you know it? So he's been really one of the first pioneer resources that I turned to. So here are a few quotes and thoughts from him. Uh, on the importance of consuming complex carbohydrates from plant-based sources, including starchy carbs from starchy foods. In his TED Talk, um, The Foods We Were Born to Eat, he starts his talk with one word, and he bellows it out, starch. And uh, he is phenomenal at his message. And so you might want to um, go on uh, YouTube and search for the food we were born to eat. And quote, the primary source of human energy, the energy that is best and most efficiently and intended to be burned by the human body is carbohydrate, sugar, unquote. And he says, get your energy from carbohydrates. 
Oh my, and then Dr. T. Colin Campbell, author of The China Study, is another one of my pioneer resources. He is a nutritional biochemist with a master's in nutrition and biochemistry and a PhD in biochemistry, nutrition and microbiology, both from Cornell University. And I love what he says on page 98 from his work, The China Study. And actually, I'll read a little bit from page 97, quote, and this is concerning the diet that he proposes in his book, quote, at least 99% of the carbohydrates that we consume are derived from fruits, vegetables, and grains. When these foods are consumed in the unprocessed, unrefined, and uh, natural state, a large proportion of the carbohydrates are in the so-called complex form. This means that they are broken down in a controlled, regulated manner during digestion. Oh, I love the word controlled. That's very good, right? This category of carbohydrates includes the many forms of dietary fiber, almost all of which remain undigested, but still provide substantial uh, health benefits. And in addition, these complex carbohydrates from whole foods are packaged with generous amounts of vitamins, minerals, and accessible energy. Fruits, vegetables, and whole grains are the healthiest foods you can consume, and they are primarily made of carbohydrates." Unquote. Oh my, that's a lot of what we've been talking about over the podcast, and uh, there are so many resources that you can turn to for references and uh, information, further information, and it is my hope that you will check them out. Well, another resource that I absolutely love to turn to when I'm thinking about carbohydrates is Dr. Mark Hyman. Now, he's not one of my pioneer resources, but I have been following him for quite some time over the years, and uh, I love him. He is just very relatable, and I love his work. And Dr. Mark Hyman is not uh, afraid to talk about carbohydrates. In fact, he does so quite often. So uh, he falls somewhere in the middle of my journey, and I'm so glad that I came to his work. He's extremely personable and is abundant in lifestyle medicine understanding and a four times or I think 14 times New York Times bestselling author, a family physician, founder of the Ultra Wellness Center in Lenox, Massachusetts, and founder and director of the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine. And I love his commitment to carbohydrates in his work. And he states, quote, Carbohydrates are the single most important food in your diet for long-term health. There are some carbohydrates that are simply perfect for us, and without them, we would perish." Unquote. He has a wonderful podcast called The Doctor's Pharmacy, and pharmacy is spelled F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, and so I hope you check him out. Well, so far in this podcast, I've covered defining carbohydrates, uh, how they originate or how they're created by photosynthesis in the plant-based kingdom, 
and uh, a little bit about the processes that the body has to go through the endocrine system and how they are delivered into the uh, cells and so forth and so on and so much information I barely uh, touched on it a little bit uh, for us to be able to have at least a nice little summary of the magnificent work that it takes to uh, achieve uh, breaking down these sugar molecules and then we talked about the sugar molecules the saccharide family the Greek word for sugar and the four specific uh, uh, molecules that we should keep in mind and how their combinations create the sugar kingdom the carbohydrate kingdom and now I would like to settle how to consume carbohydrates responsibly with the goal of nourishing our human design to the best of our ability and this is the work that I had to accomplish back in those early days it's the same work that I have continued in in nourishing my human design and for the sustaining of my um, my health all these years 20 years and continue to pass on this life-changing life-saving information and so I'm just going to actually just give you a little summary I've mentioned it so many times in uh, each of the podcast in context to the subject and uh, but it will be uh, further uh, spelled out in further detail in the next podcast uh, concerning um, simple sugars and added sugars and how I consume them safely and to the best of my ability. But here I want to say that uh, simple carbohydrates from a high quality and high quantity plant-based food supply in those early days structured to my being high in fiber, high in nutrients like fruits and vegetables and of course complex carbohydrates also found in vegetables grains beans legumes seeds and nuts were a huge part of turning around and reversing the uh, grim diagnosis i had been diagnosed with and so i removed and abstained from unhealthy not structured to are being carbohydrates in the form of simple sugars that are man-made manufactured foods that have been stripped off their nutritional content and their fiber and sweetened uh, with highly processed man-made uh, sugars and I, I can't wait till we talk about them such as candies cakes pastries frozen foods ice cream snacks chips and high fructose beverages of all sorts which uh, mind you that was my life which meant removing uh, all bottle box bagged and can processed foods uh, which really emptied my pantry my refrigerator and my freezer there was nothing left because I tended to depend on so many of the manufactured processed foods and so um, they're not only empty of nutrients and enzymes antioxidants but of fiber and cleansing waters and I replaced them with higher quality products from health conscious manufacturers and for the most part I rarely consume anything in a can bottle box or a bag uh, unless it is um, a tomato paste or uh, maybe uh, black beans but I can make my own pinto beans I can make my own brown rice I can uh, 
create my own uh, menus and recipes using uh, my own ingredients. And, uh, and so I do consume uh, some foods that come in a can or a bottle or a box or a bag, but uh, those are simply uh, such as oatmeal or maybe raisins. The ingredient in the package is a whole food and it is structured to my being. And we'll talk more about processed foods again in a later podcast. And um, what I will be um, covering in that podcast is the great exchange and some of the particular uh, products that I recommend. I avoid pre-cooked foods, pre-prepared salads, pre-prepared foods such as canned soups or ready-made meals using high quality ingredients and condiments or sauces such as barbecue and tomato sauces. They must be whole food based. And so I consume pasta and potatoes sparingly and enjoy them with a 10 ingredient salad along with some kind of protein, usually a small piece of salmon or uh, some poultry on my salad. But I normally do not consume pastas and I do love potatoes of any kind, including russet potatoes and gold, the gold potatoes and red potatoes. I do consume them, but I do not consume pasta uh, except for family events or if I'm out with friends and they choose an Italian restaurant or um, I'm invited to a home and they're serving pastas, then I will consume it. But there are so many other foods to consume and pasta is very easy to consume. Uh, And so it doesn't take a whole lot to create uh, some kind of a um, high nutrient meal when we're using pasta because we just put a little bit of cheese and a little bit of sauce and there you have it and so I don't consume pasta as as um, I used to I used to consume it quite often I do have a few dishes that I will make a lasagna vegetable lasagna an orzo pasta which I absolutely love but those are about it and so um and I keep my menus pretty simple, my friend. Hearty chili with five vegetables and four or five kinds of beans. That um, And uh, make sure that I have tons of spices in it. Chipotle bowl um, with brown rice and pinto beans and wok. And I've mentioned these before. Uh, corn, small taste of cheese, sour cream maybe. Um, homemade salsa, jalapenos, and uh, or a Mediterranean bowl with brown rice, lightly veg- uh, vegetables, sautéed, um, lightly sautéed vegetables, and a combination of salsa and some barbecue sauce uh, with some pineapple and chicken, optional. Uh, a tortilla soup made with lentils and cauliflower. So you see, they're complex. Uh, carbohydrates and uh, sometimes bean burritos in a salad, sauteed sweet red jewel yams and roasted green beans with garlic and a roasted chicken with my 10 ingredient salad. So it's very simple. My menus are simple and uh, they're easily easily, uh, accomplished and prepared. And so, and I consume berries and fruits of all sorts. And I, I know that One of the most frequent asked questions I've had over the years in my classes or in discussions with individuals who are uh, 
on a journey to reclaiming their health from cancer, a cancer diagnosis, um, want to know if I consume fruit, and I do consume fruit, um, berries especially, and uh, in smoothies, but I consume it in a particular way to make sure that uh, the fructoses and the and the beautiful uh, sugars, simple sugars in them are being absorbed uh, in a timely manner. And we'll talk more about that uh, in the next podcast. I do not consume dry fruits at all other than raisins unless they come in a salad at a restaurant or at a friend's home again. And so we'll talk more about that as well. I will cover so much more on the glycemic and glycemic load uh, effects from um, our sugars and our carbohydrates in the next podcast and how to critically make our way through them and consume them responsibly. And so no worries, my friend, uh, we can do it. So simple sugars from fruits and vegetables and complex sugars from vegetables and plant-based sources. Yes, manufactured simple sugars and added sugars I stay away from and I don't consume them to the best of my ability. I can probably consume a little bit here and there during the holidays, but it's so minuscule and so minor that my husband always teases me and says, why have them at all? And so I do put a little bit of sugar in my spinach dip, just a tiny bit. It's about two teaspoons, but it serves a whole week's worth of spinach dips so uh, there's just no reason to add any more sugar to it or to any of the meals that I prepare. I do use some wonderful wholesome uh, structure to your being plant sweeteners in my uh, food supply and in my meals and we'll be talking about those in the next podcast. I know, I know it's the next podcast that has all the information on the sugars, both the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you won't want to miss it. Well, we have arrived at this podcast, Critical Health Thinking Skill or Application. Increase your consumption of plant-based whole foods structured to your being and decrease at the same time your can, bottle, box, and bag processed foods in your food supply. And uh, if you haven't done this already, this is a great place to start. And I remember uh, examining and scrutinizing and investigating literally my pantry, fridge, and freezer. And it is one of the best exercises you'll ever do for yourself. And who better else to investigate you than yourself. Self-examination is key in becoming a critical health thinker. And so I hope that uh, it will be of some help to you as it was to me. And please remember to consult your uh, medical provider and authority if you should have any reason why you cannot increase your carbohydrates or consult a naturopathic doctor as well. We would want you to do only what is best for you. And please join me for episode 41, an introduction to sugars for life. 
And as always, it is my hope that after all your listening, you will experience how simple health really is.